goal chance for Conor McGrath here and he'll surely give it in Conor what a goal <laughs> Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line Kim Mackie still going Go on, your boy goal up. is up for Cats oh, what, what a goal I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world it's time to take Sam to throne if you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> Been a look, Donovan Connor a wild effort on goal. It's oh, on the oh, 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 Yeah, whatever. See all in coppers, celebrating all Ireland wins. <laughs> What's the point anymore? It's what is the point? We're five days out from the events of the Gaelic grounds, Nathan. Surely you have be at least begun to get over this situation now. It's just come over again in my head, just thinking one more yard from Rob Henley. We're there. We're back in the All Ireland final. But sure, one more y- more yard from Rob Henley. Colin Coyle's ball bouncing a yard shorter. Why do you have to bring that like, up? Look, it could be any number of a lengthy, lengthy list of what-ifs. Let's just focus on the future. All right, all right. We won't spend the next 20 minutes <laughs> depressing the listener about Mayo's defeat. You know, they weren't the only team knocked out in the semi-finals this time last week or last weekend, you know? Nobody cares about Dublin. <laughs> yes, I would imagine when Paul Flynn went home and polished his two All-Ireland medals it was probably a lot easier to take the defeated only goal than it was for Aidan O'Shea to go home and take what happened at the Gaelic grounds you know this no it's great you're going to be interviewing Aidan O'Shea at some stage next year and you're going to you're going to you're, that's going to be your intro to a question <laughs> you know how, to, how tough is it because Paul Flick can go home and he's got two All-Ireland medals there whereas you let's be honest Aidan uh, I don't think Aidan deserves a question like None. that it's unfair None. None. it's unfair he was great on off the ball during the week. Very, he was. Um, a lot of credit to him to go out and speak. And a lot of credit to James Horan as well, the way he faced the media in Limerick last weekend, because I've never in stood a kitchen. in front of him. In a kitchen, yes. <laughs> in a kitchen. I've never stood in front of a manager and felt I was in a house of mourning more so than I was. In the even even the, the pictures that you see, it did seem a little bit like a wake. Well, it was interesting because we were all in there. We were all crowded around. We realised there was going to be no split between radio and print. And so we all huddled in together. And then Lisa Clancy, who works um, for Croke Park, she was there kind of marshalling the situation. She decided James needed a little bit of space. And there was a counter there in the kitchen beneath the main stand of the Gaelic Ranch. She said, James, just stand in behind the counter there. And that gave him maybe a metre of space be- between him and us. But he spoke very well. And obviously, a couple of hours later, decided that he wasn't going to continue any longer. We'll miss you, James. We'll miss you. Well, he's done very well for Mayo. I'd say we might see him again in the future. When yeah. His kids are old. I think it's five children, all very young. How did they do this? We spoke about this a few I weeks ago, him know. and Jim McGuinness. I don't know. Jim Gavin. You've got one for two Jim weeks. Gavin and look at you, you're, well. you're a shell know, of a I'm man. I'm a broken man. I don't know how these inter managers do it, but I think James Horne, maybe in a decade or so, might decide to come back again because he's a huge amount to offer. So there you go. That's the All-Ireland Football semi-finals. Done. done. There's a big game this weekend, I think. Quite a big game. The two behemoths of... Hurling, Kilkenny and Tipperary, the 2014 All-Ireland Hurling Final. Fourth time in six years that these two sides are meeting. And uh, they give us, well, the three in a row of finals. Uh, 08, 09, 10 were three of the best finals of the modern era. And Tip have always, despite Kilkenny's dominance, Tip were the one team 
who just just managed to get under their skin. They don't fear Kilkenny, I don't think. Really? Comes up every week. But do they have the hunger? <laughs> do they, will they have the hunger <laughs> going into this All Ireland final? Who wants it the most? Now, I, yeah, you said it's the fourth All Ireland final in six years between the two, but they did play, of course, in the semi final in 2012. I actually think that game has more relevance than any other game that they faced when they faced each other previously. 2012 was uh, like the Lar chasing Tommy. Chasing Tommy around like a love-struck teenager for the <laughs> afternoon. And Kilkenny absolutely, ruthlessly demolishing Tipperary by 18 points. And and that is a game I think will stand in the memory of the Tipperary players more so than you know the way they felt they were robbed in 2009 or the way they hammered Kilkenny in 2010. Someone like Seamus Callan, for example, taken off at half-time in the 2011 All-Ireland Final. He'll remember that day because he was really poor. He never really got into the game and he is a man absolutely on fire at the moment. So for, There'll be a lot of different motivations but I think for Tipperary there's, there's a lot for them to prove. Yeah, ruthlessness you describe Kilkenny there and that seems to be back. It's been just efficient from Kilkenny. Yeah, have they They've played done the extremely job. well in any of their matches? It, it is that question when you go into an All-Ireland Final of... Maybe they have been playing exceptionally well and maybe their opponents weren't as bad as we're as we say. That game against Limerick, terrible conditions, dug in, played as well as they could have in the conditions. Yeah, well I think they showed in that game that they will Tipperary will require a seventy minute performance to beat them because Kilkenny in just horrendous conditions, despite the fact that five of their starting fifteen are the wrong side of thirty, they were just hurling right to the very end to prevent Limerick from getting the two points they needed to force a replay. And Tipperary probably know that anyway because they didn't really play well in the last 10 minutes against Cork. From the 63rd minute onwards and through injury time, they didn't actually score against Cork. Now, the result was beyond doubt and you have to take that into account as well. But it's very interesting when you look at the two teams and the path they've both taken to the final, they've met all of the same teams. Yeah, they've Dublin. met Dublin, Galway, Offaly and Limerick. So it's quite... It's a lot easier maybe than it might normally be to put the two of them parallel to each other and have a look at exactly who's done what because they've both dispatched with Offaly very easily. In the end, they both dispatched with Galway easy enough after pulling away in the uh, replay with Kilkenny and then for Tipperary's point of view, they finished that game brilliantly and they both pretty much got through Dublin in third gear. So they do look like they have tread a very similar path and that they are almost... In, inseparable ahead of this game yeah it's Kilkenny probably just slight favourites um, and we I remember about six weeks ago talking about Tipperary and saying this is a side who could well after they beat Galway who could well end up in an All-Ireland final if they get a bit of momentum going and that perhaps they weren't as bad as a lot of people were making them out to be that the games they had lost the championship games they'd lost have been to teams who played brilliantly on the day and still Tip had only just narrowly missed out. Even earlier this year, I was at Semple for that Munster semi-final. I remember Limerick, what, scored a goal in two in the last... Yeah, you had that incredible last, goal that yeah. just kind of... And got two points then in injury time. Away, yeah. No, you're right. They haven't played terribly badly, but it's always the way in Tipperary. They remind me of the Welsh rugby team where it's either very low, very subdued, very much down on themselves and the fans down on them. And if they win a Grand Slam or they come close to winning a Grand Slam, they're like the greatest rugby team in the world. They're going to win the next World Cup. Similar in Tipperary because expectations are so great. I mean, earlier in the year, they were being brought around. Such was the... Apathy is probably too strong a word, but maybe bordering on indifference. 
the relationship between the Tipperary fans and the Tipperary players earlier this year that Eamon O'Shea decided to bring them around the county and have, put, have them training in various clubs around the yeah. county just almost to rekindle the interest and rekindle the relationship between fan and player and it's very much obviously just exploded again and the county and the support behind the players ahead of this weekend will just be astronomical Yeah, it's something James Woodlock has spoken, spoken about on a couple yeah. of occasions after the semi-final and quarter-final that when we were beaten by Limerick, there weren't too many people there willing to pick us back up again. We had to do this for ourselves. And I put that to Eamon O'Shea on, on Monday night and he was kind of saying, well, look, that can't be your motivation. There has to be something else. You can't be fighting against supporters. You just have to take their support on board. And that the motivation should be just you want to go out and win an All-Ireland final. You don't need to be fighting constantly against something. But it is a pretty remarkable turnaround from that final 20 minutes mm. Against Galway, were, were they six points down? Or they were were they were they were training by six? Weren't yeah. they in that game, they were really struggling. And you're looking at a thing, and that's the end of Eamon O'Shea. Yeah, the end of Lark Corbett, Owen Kelly. Um, it's the end of the full the experiment of putting Powerig Marb deeper in the Tipperary defence. And you're thinking that this will end horribly. And look where they are now. And in the eyes of many, they are the more than a match for Kilkenny for this match. Very interesting to have a look at the referee, like Barry Kelly. There's an element of scepticism in Kilkenny when it comes to Barry Kelly, who's well, one of the best referees around. He did send off Henry Shefflin, didn't he? he did, but that, the, you, you say it like everybody else says it, almost as if you committed a crime yeah. of some sort that it is unheard of and it's outrageous that Henry Shefflin should be sent from a field of play. Look, maybe you will... The, the man first. is the greatest player who's ever played the game. <laughs> He's denying us the opportunity to watch him in action. For those who can't recall it, it was against Cork in the All-Ireland quarter-final last year and he was already in a yellow. The first yellow was probably harsh, but he was someone of his experience. Henry will, I think, admit if he was sitting in this studio here now oh, yeah. that he put himself in a position to be sent off because he was probably a little hard done by with the first yellow. Second yellow card probably was merited and therefore was followed by a red. But I'm looking at the performance of James McGrath in the game between Limerick and Kilkenny. He seemed to take the conditions into account operated with a huge amount of discretion and he let that game flow. I've never seen a more physical game of hurling in those conditions. I was on the sideline for that game, up close and personal, and they flew into each other, wired into each other, as Dahi would say, for the entire 70 minutes. And there were a lot of uh, situations where maybe on a drier day he might have given a free, but he was taking the conditions that said into account and I hope that Barry Kelly does the exact same which is fourth All-Ireland final this weekend and just bar any major stuff yeah. just let the two teams go at each other yeah you don't. You wouldn't fancy I, that I do I just I, I, I don't envy the referees because in one way that's what happened without wanting to go back that's what happened last Saturday with Mayon Kerry mm. the referee did let it go the problem is then you let too much go the players lose the run of themselves and you end up with the scenes that we saw at the end of the match. That doesn't often happen though. Really physical games where they boil over to the extent that they did in Limerick last weekend. And I think there was a lot carried over from the first day as well between those two teams. And there was, there was needle throughout the two games. Well, there'll be a bit of needle in this one. Well, I wonder, will there? I mean, you, you don't often see that in hurling, that kind of needle and little bits of off-the-ball stuff. It's just because there's so much physicality in the exchanges that yeah. take place from the first minute to the last that it doesn't seem to leave a huge amount of other room or additional room for the for the nastier stuff because they get to lay into each other every time there's a ball to be fought for. We spoke about uh, how it could have been the end for Eamon O'Shea if they hadn't turned it around against Galway. This Sunday is likely to be the end, no matter what, for several people. Owen Kelly, possibly. Henry Shefflin, likely. 
Certainly I a would, possible. Yeah, he hasn't started again this summer. Definitely possible, yeah. Um, yeah, and there's several members of that Kilkenny side who are into their 30s now. And I would still think we'll see like Jackie Terrell, JJ Delaney, Brian Hogan. I would think we'll see them back regardless of what happens this weekend. Was, is Brian Cody definitely coming back regardless of what happens on Sunday? Again, it's a question Brian Cody's mark. departure is going to be an Alex Ferguson style. It's just going to come completely out of the blue. <laughs> Yeah. We'll just get a press release late one night and that'll be it. The Cody era over. And the rest of the country rejoices, I guess, in one sense. Um, so we don't have the teams as yet. Tipperary, We'd have a fair idea. fairly settled side. Yeah, whereas Brian Cody has probably quite a few more decisions to make. I don't, I'd be surprised if there was more than one change in the Even in goals, team. he has options there between Murphy and Herity. Yeah. I, Herity, he made a mistake against Limerick. Yeah. Um, and he got away with it. In fact, he got away with a couple of very perilous situations against Limerick. But again, as the referee did, James McGrath, you have to take the conditions into account because it was a swirling breeze. The rain was tearing into his face. He was in the Davin end of the, of the stadium at the time with those two balls dropped in on top of the square. I might give him a, a pass on those two. Um, Murphy's a, he's, he is a good keeper. But yeah, there's a question mark on Brian Cody's mind. Clearly over his goalkeeping, but I don't think it's going to m- m- result in a switch in goal this weekend. I think the only decision he's got to make is, does he start with Richie Power? And he probably will, because it looks like he's fitting. He a big impact. Obviously, you lose his impact from the bench if you start him, but yeah. Mark Kelly was pretty much anonymous in the semi-final, and I think he may lose his place. I don't think Henry will start. So I would be surprised if it was anything other than 14 of the 15 that started against Limerick. For Tipperary, I think he'll go with the same 15. All right, uh, let's get a little bit more insight into this clash and talk to Jackie Cahill, who's uh, been keeping a particularly close eye on Tipperary, but on the hurling championship as a whole. Jackie, I was talking to Eamon O'Shea on the phone earlier in the week and asking him about what happened in the intervening period between the defeat to Limerick and the victory over Galway, and was there any one thing that sparked this revival from Tipperary? And he said, to be honest, not really, no. You know, we just needed one win and to get everything moving again. Having watched Tipperary closely under Eamon O'Shea over the couple of years, was is that simply the case, that this was always a very good side who were just perhaps a tad unlucky with the teams they came up with in the championship? Yeah, it seems to me, Nathan, that it's a team that needs um, momentum and confidence. And in that last 20 minutes of that Galway game that you refer to, I mean, their backs were really against the wall. Uh, it was do or die. They were six points down, but down the home straight, they just unleashed a, a, a torrent of fury, frustration, and emotion on Galway and just blew them away. And you know, it, it was a, a seminal moment in Eamon O'Shea's tenure in charge. Um, it was his first championship victory as Tipperary manager. Let's not forget as well. So it was a huge monkey off his back, um, and it was the it was the kickstart they needed. Since then, they haven't looked back. They're they're scoring freely. Seamus Callanan is in line for harder of the year if he can have another big game on Sunday. So. Um, yeah, he, he's probably right. It just needed something, some spark, some kickstart to uh, to get the show on the road. But uh, they were really up against it that night, and I don't know what it was. But um, you know, they took a lot of criticism uh, within Tipperary, and uh, one of the local journalists, Noel Dundon, who's you know quite a reserved character, yeah. was questioned their social habits after the Limerick game as well. So I think it was a uh, siege mentality was built up, and just when they needed it most, they got that big performance against Galway. It is a pretty settled side now. We're still awaiting confirmation of the yeah. two teams. So, are you, any possibility of any changes to the Tipperary starting 15? I wouldn't imagine so. I, I, I guess the only one that you would think would have been in with a shout of, of forcing his way back in was Michael Cahill, who unfortunately 
uh, picked up an injury before the quarter final that ruled him out of the Dublin game and he hasn't been able to break back in since. Uh, a lot of people would think that he would be uh, tailor-made for an All-Ireland final uh, to start at either corner back or wing back and perhaps go to midfield and pick up Richie Hogan if Richie Hogan was doing some significant damage. Um, the problem for Michael is that the six backs that have played over the last two games have have been a sextet that have stopped leaking goals, which was a big, big problem for Tipperary during the year. Uh, I'm a big fan of Michael Cahill. I think he's been Tipperary's most consistent player over the last five seasons. It was just uh, very unfortunate that his injury arrived at the time that it did. Um, but finding a way back into that team now is quite difficult. You know, the other uh, argument you could make for Michael Cahill is that three of the back six next Sunday that are expected to start for Tipperary, Cahill Barish, um, Kieran Bergen and James Barry are going to be playing in their first All-Ireland Senior Final so Michael Cahill brings that fast experience as well Nathan but to answer your question don't don't foresee any changes at all in the Tipperary starting lineup. Yeah, Jackie you mentioned sort of the, the, the frantic fury that Galway had unleashed upon them in that last yeah. 15 or 20 minutes does that lead you to believe that regardless of how the first 20 minutes go on Sunday that Tipperary will have the ability to keep their heads and hurl their way through it because they never really trailed against Cork when Cork hit all those wides in the first mm. quarter it meant that Tipperary could almost play that game on, on in their own terms for almost the entirety of the semi-final so if Kilkenny were to rise out of the blocks on Sunday afternoon do Tipperary have the wherewithal to do something similar as to what they did against Galway and just not panic in that situation? It's a great question, Dave. It's, it's an imponderable question for, for Tipperary in many respects because if you look back on that semi-final against Cork, uh, Darren Leeson had the time to pick out cornerbacks, halfbacks, midfielders with short puckouts. That that space is, is not going to be afforded to Tipperary on Sunday. So what what he's going to have to do is, is at times launch the ball just down on top of, of his own half-forward line. And, and this Tipperary half-forward line has been questioned in recent years. Are they able to win that hard ball, that dirty ball? That, that is going to be required against Kilkenny. Um, he, he's, Eamon O'Shea's coaching philosophy is quite straightforward. Um, he likes his players to express themselves. He likes his players to, to make use of space. Uh, but, you know, this is, this is a, you know, a commodity that's going to be very much at a premium on Sunday. He's going to have to try and marry Flair with a very, very strict defensive um, system. Now, I wrote about this during the week. How is he going to set up? Is he going to try and go man-to-man with the Kilkenny forwards? Or is he just going to play a very, very rigid back six? You, you saw what Limerick did in the semi-final, Dave. They, you know, they kept their, their, their centre-back a little bit withdrawn. Uh, their full-back stayed in position as well. They didn't allow those two players, those central spine players, to get dragged out of position. And you know, Because Kilkenny loved to ex- exploit that space and, and hit you with direct lines of running. So I'd expect Tipperary to keep it tight for the first 20, 25 minutes try and avoid at all costs the concession of a goal because if Kilkenny gets three, four, five points ahead of you, they'll just try and hold that and it's going to be very, very difficult for Tipperary to claw it back. If they do go man-to-man, what are the key matchups do you expect? Um, it's, it, it, it's going to be very, very interesting, Nathan. Like You're looking at James Barry uh, and, and, and you know as we're on air, we don't have the Kilkenny team up against Richie Power. I, I'm fully expecting Richie Power to win full forward for yeah. Kilkenny. I mean, is Michael Fenley going to start centre-forward against Brendan Maher or is he going to start midfield? That's up for debate as well. Um, will, will, like, like what he did in 2011 when he put Eddie Brennan in on Podrick Maher, is he going to put a runner in on Podrick Maher again? The ideal candidate for that is Colin Fenley or is Colin Fenley going to, going to play in the full forward line? So this is, goes back to the point that I'm making in, in that aim and I think it's got to be just trust these players. You know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, hold your positions. Trust yourself. Trust yourself against whatever opponent comes into your pack, into your patch, because 
you know, as we see with both sets of forwards, they will rotate, they will move around. So I just think Game is going to say, look, lads, keep it tight, stay in your positions, don't get dragged around. Whoever comes in on top of you, trust yourselves to mark him. Jackie, it is an interesting question. We'll always speculate on the matchups ahead of an All Ireland mm. final. But I mean, you've been around the block a few times. You know what All Ireland final week is like, particularly for the print guys. It might be a bit easier for us on radio, where you guys need to come up with a piece every day. You yeah. have to find a different angle from pretty much the Monday all the way through to the Sunday papers and All Ireland final day. And that is why we picked the t- apart the two starting fifteens and try and figure out who's going to start on who. But Brian Hogan was speaking this week about the way the game has developed and the pace of the game and that you could find yourself over the course of 70 odd minutes notwithstanding substitutes coming on marking three or four yeah. different fellas and mm. popping up on the wing popping up in a central position ending up in midfield or in the half or in the full back line do we read way too much into the this respective matchups these days yeah i think we do because you know it's it, it's uh, back to our previous point you know there will be a lot of rotation there will be a lot of movement um if Brian Hogan, for example, is marking the Bonner Mar, that's that's a that's a position, you know, out of that Tipperary front six that will remain pretty much static in that you know Bonner Mar is is a traditional centre forward and, and will play that produ- traditional centre forward role. You know, Brian Hogan is, is Kilkenny's traditional centre back. You know what Tipperary would love is for Brian Hogan to be dragged out into a you know a more peripheral position into wing back or even dropped a bit deeper because Tipperary will, will feel that they can expose some of the aging legs in that Kilkenny defence. So I'm sure that Brian Cody is going to say to JJ Delaney at number three and Brian Hogan at number six, look, just stay there, just hold your position. And it looks like it's going to be Bonnermar and Seamus Callan. Now, they are two matchups that will happen right from the start. I'm convinced of that, Dave. The, the ones around the edges, the two corners and the two wings, they're the ones that are going to rotate in and out. Yeah. You might see Bonnermar going in and out at times as well. I mean, he went back in for, this, for the second half of the... Uh, of the semi-final against Cork as well, perhaps necessitated by a little bit of an injury as well, but did really, really well. So it's just a beautiful position for 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 you know an attack-minded manager like Eamon O'Shea to be do you in reckon Brian Cody in that regard. Do you reckon they'll have a special plan for John o- O'Dwyer? Two twenty from play this summer at six against Cork. He's he's been unplayable at times. Yeah, David. I mean, you would have seen the one of the one of the, one of the standout points from that semi-final was when John O'Dwyer came over to the Hogan stand side of the field and blocked down Damien Callaghan yeah. when he was in the process of striking the ball and put it over the bar. Now that's an element of John O'Dwyer's play that perhaps goes a little bit unnoticed. He's uh, perhaps unfairly tagged as a player that might not work hard enough. Um, by God, he, he certainly put in a shift the last day. The counter argument to that as well was that Damien Callaghan was very slow in his striking. But, you know, to get back to your question, um, I would expect that a, a mobile player and an aggressive player like Killian Buckley is probably the ideal candidate to pick up someone like John O'Dwyer and deny him that space and time that he likes uh, and needs to, to flourish. Um, so it's just really, really fascinating. Uh, Podrick Walsh on the, on the other side, you know, is he going to start on, on Noel McGrath? Uh, you know, again, another crucial matchup. Um, just so much to look forward to. As I say, you know, those two central positions, centre forward with, with, with Bonner Maher and full forward with Seamus Callan are pretty much rigid. It's the ones around the edges, the two corners, the two wings. They're going to be really, really intriguing to see what happens there. How do you see it playing out then on the day, Jackie? Are you confident in Tipperary? Well, I was confident two years ago, Nathan, when <laughs> we went up to play him in an All-Ireland semi-final where we were hosed by 18 points. So um, there seems to be a different... Um, atmosphere a different vibe around this, this this team this time and I think uh, you know it goes right back to that night against Galway backs against the wall six points down this is a do or die and ever since then they've come on in leaps and bounds and 
you know, I think to be fair to to them, they've, they've really taken on the responsibility and the ownership of this this team themselves. And Eamon O'Shea has put a lot of faith in them, shown a lot of loyalty to a few players that would have been, you know, written off in Tipperary. You see Shane McGrath coming back into huge form over the last two games, a guy who endured a, a terrible 2013 because he was captain and that responsibility weighed very, very heavily on his shoulders. But he's right back in form the last couple of couple of games. And that is down to Eamon O'Shea and his coaching genius and his ability to get the very, very best out of what are talented players but who have underperformed in recent years. If you're asking me for a verdict, of course I'm we going are. to say Tipperary are going to win it. Um, <laughs> is that with I your heart, heart or your head or both, Jackie? It's a little bit of both. I'll be honest with you, Dave, but the three of us have been around the block long enough to know <laughs> that you do not worry under any circumstances. Right off to Kenny. Well, on this occasion, I'm going to. <laughs> Come on, Jackie. Uh, cheers for joining us today, Jackie Cahill there. Enjoy the match on Sunday, Jackie. Anytime, guys. Thanks very much. So, Dave, what do we think are the main... Where's this game going to be won and lost? Around the mid-late. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's it's difficult because there's there are brilliant players all over the field and some of the areas are quite difficult to call between. I mean, everyone always talks about the Tipperary half-forward line. But I almost feel like I'm talking cliches when I talk about the inability of the Tipperary half-forward line to win enough ball because people have been talking about that for 10 years now at this stage. Bonner is due a big game, you would think. And I think Noel McGrath is due a massive game if he plays in that part of the field. He tends to flip between the, the two forward lines, the half-forwards and the full-forwards. Noel McGrath has been a really big disappointment to me. My first job as a full-time sports broadcaster was down in the southeast with Beat and... Tipperary are one of the five counties that beat will cover and Noel McGrath had just come straight from minor into the senior ranks and he was the young hurler of the year in 2008 and he was ju- 2009 sorry just a phenomenal hurler and I thought this guy's going to be one of the superstars like he's going to rival Joe Canning as the greatest hurler of his generation yeah. now it turns out Joe hasn't pulled up a huge amount of trees either on a consistent basis and Noel hasn't either since 2000 from 2011 onwards he's had a a decent summer I think he has to have a massive game on Sunday afternoon. I'd go as far as to say that if Noel McGrath really turns up and plays to the best of his ability, Tipperary will win this game. So I think he can have a massive influence. No pressure, Noel. No pressure. But I just think it's he's talented enough to take an yeah. all and find him with a scruff of the neck. And in fairness, since 2011, not a huge amount of the Tipperary players have stood up. Probably not. No, I mean, they have got to an all Ireland semi-final in 2012, got to the final in 2011. But yeah, I don't think there's been any real performances that would rival what happened in 2010. But I'd have a very close eye on Noel. Can John or John O'Dwyer continue to play like he has been playing? He's unstoppable at the moment. 2.20 all from play in this year's yeah. championship. He got six points against Cork. I think he only had seven opportunities in goal against Cork. And he took six of them. Uh, it's phenomenal return. So it's, who's going to be marking him? Yeah, who's going to be marking Callanan? Well, I would imagine that it's probably going to be JJ Delaney. And that's just a <laughs> salivating matchup. When you look at those two, I mean, that's something we talked about matchups with Jackie there. But you wonder if Callanan goes into the edge of the square, will Delaney stick with him for the day or will they move Jackie Tyrrell onto him? Um, they need a bigger game from Garrod Ryan if he starts because he has flitted in and out of the championship this summer, really. I think the tip half forward line again, you asked me where it might be one loss. That's huge because. The Kilkenny half back line with um, Joey Holden and Brian Hogan in there as well. As re- uh, I think they could be. Killian Buckley is such a big powerhouse in the half back line as well. If Kilkenny get the better there of Tipperary in that part of the field, I think they could have a problem. And there's an hour gone, and Brian Cody looks behind him and thinks, All right, I've got Henry Shefflin. 
And I've got Tommy Walsh yeah, ready to rock. I'll give them a run and, what, and they really have something to prove. I think Henry might have learned a little from his little cameo against Limerick because it did look to me like he knew the f- a place in the final was potentially up for yeah. grabs and he tried a little too hard. His first touch was this sort of really audacious flick behind his back into a midfield area that was probably not warranted and a, a little more simplicity probably was required in that situation. Um, when you're looking at midfield, Michael Fennelly obviously is just arguably the best hurler in the country. When yeah, he's fully and back, fit, fully fit. And I think Tipperary, as we talk, as well as Jackie was talking about, they have to keep the spine in place. You can't allow your centre half back and full back to be moved and dragged around the field because Michael Fennelly's runs through the middle are just. I don't know any that carries the ball as well as he does. He's he have you? I don't know if you've been around Michael. He's He's tall. Did you listen to last night's Off the Ball where I interviewed Michael yes, Fennelly? But no, you weren't in the same room as him, though. When you're actually. <laughs> yes, I was. Oh, I was sorry, in Kilkenny. I was. Last night. Sorry, I forgot it wasn't on the phone on Off the Ball last night. He's he's not a massive man. He's really no, tall. Yeah. But he's not, like, physically imposing like maybe some other players might be. But he is just a monster. When he's on the field, physically, no one seems to be able to match him. So again, he'll look. He's going to be crucial as well. Woodlock and Chamber yeah, have to have very big games. Fenley's um, he's certainly changed over the last few years. I remember interviewing after the 2011 final, and he was still very scrawny, yeah. but he has built himself up he's quite a lot a bit, yeah. uh, since then. It's uh, look, it's just so fascinating. It's so intriguing that, and the, you mentioned the final. We t- started by saying, you know, well maybe tip down Fearful Kenny. Like ten of Tipperary's 26 All Ireland finals that they've won have been against Kilkenny and they've since, obviously since 2009 though they've met eight times in league finals and in championship and the only one Tip has won was the 2010 final well it was an All-Ireland final I guess so they've proven they can do it and there are still a considerable number of players that are taken to the field on Sunday that lined out that day but huge relevance put on any of those previous games I don't know they haven't met for two years Sorry, did they? No, the no, they met in the yeah, qualifiers last year. year. The qualifiers Park. Last year. And a lot of them were great games. That was a great game at Nolan Park. The league final this year was a great yeah. game. Obviously, 2009 was an absolute belter. They always haven't been one-sided. But look, you, I can see the point. Look, Kilkenny obviously seemed to have a little bit of an Indian sign over them, but how much relevance will it have on Sunday? Well, we'll know at five o'clock. Only time will tell. Well, exactly. Only time will sure, tell. there's two sides going at it. Both of them desperate to win. They'll both be given their all. So who's going to win it? I think Kilkenny are going to win it by three or four points. If you stop Callanan, you st- stop Callanan, stop Odawari, you stop Tipperary. Unless, as you say, a Noel McGrath st- steps up. Arlar just has a sensational game. So you would Whereas think that Kilkenny, with Kilkenny have more options? Yeah. You know, they have Fennelly and they have Power and they have Reid and they have Larkin. Yeah, have they have Colin Fennelly. And they have players to come off the bench as well. Yeah. They probably have a far stronger bench. That is why I would just be siding with Kilkenny. Well, I'm going to go with Tipperary. Just I to just balance it up. so impressive against Cork. And the last 10 minutes against Galway, they were incredibly good. They coasted past Dublin, really, if the truth be told. They never had to break into a sweat to beat Dublin. And I think Tipperary approaching this final of all the momentum behind them, very similar to 2010 when they were knocked out of the Munster Championship and they came through the back door. And I think they will hurl for the full 70 minutes and they'll do enough to beat Kilkenny by a couple of points. All right, split views on the podcast. Don't forget, all our GAA coverage is with thanks to Liberty Insurance, proud partners of GAA Hurling and Camogie. Uh, I don't think we'll be here next week because we're going to be saving ourselves for the All-Ireland Football Final, which I'm really looking forward to now. (laughs) I'll be at Chelsea Manchester City that day, so...
Yes, well, you'll have something to distract you, all right. Distract you from the pain. We don't yeah. want to go over it again. Dave McIntyre, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, enjoy Sunday. You're going to be at Crow Park. You will be keeping us updated. we got Dahi Regan there. We're going to have Podge Collins involved as well. Well, the best Gizzy. analysis around this Sunday, because, yeah, we'll have Gizzy. Seamus Hickey's going to join us after the game, because we're going to be on air all the way through to seven because of the international football match. We're going to have um, James O'Connor, who will be stepping away from the Sky commentary box to have a chat with us between six and seven as well. So. And we'll have all the reaction. You'll be down the tunnel getting all the players. And the winners and the losers and the possible draw and all of that. All right, uh, so loads coming up on Off the Ball on the weekend, and we will talk to you then.